Welcome to Important Not Important. My name is Quinn Emmett. And my name is Brian Colbert Kennedy. And this is episode 29. 29. Uh, Today's topic, Brian, is Pope Francis has basically decided to stop climate change with his own bare hands. Yeah. Pretty awesome. He waits for no one. He's the Pope. Yeah. um, It's like a Taken movie, except... Oh, but the Pope is playing. Um, uh-huh. what's what's his name's part? What's uh-huh. his name again? Liam Neeson. Yeah, Liam. By the Neeson, way, does anyone even know what the character's name is? No, they don't. They just it's just Liam maybe Neeson. It, maybe it's Francis. Maybe. Oh God, wouldn't that be great? That'd be cool. <laughs> just righteous. <laughs> Anyways, our guest to help us tell us all the ways we're wrong, including probably about that specifically. Yeah. Uh, is Jose Aguto? Love Jose. He is the associate director of the Catholic Climate Covenant, Triple which C. exists and is awesome. If you can't already imagine, his job uh, is to help lead Catholicism into righteous climate action, care for the earth, establishing an actual communion with those who are excited and willing to take action, uh, and actually helping to provide some of the tangible tools for them to do so. Pretty awesome. Did you have a good time? I had a great time talking to Jose. Actually, um, mm-hmm. it in a way reminded me of M- Mitch This Hescox. could go anywhere, but uh, No, oh, no. Okay. Former, former... Uh, guest and friend of the podcast and just the and just the like the reading in general that i've done about you know re- religious folk who are also concerned about the climate because it says in the bible to take care of the planet right and scott pruitt uh um may he never rest in peace uh his um his interpretation was exploit the planet which is interesting yes a little bit different i believe a little bit different um, yeah, it was a great conversation with Jose. Yeah, I loved it. As a uh, as a religion nerd, uh, I was proud of it. I'm proud of how hard we work, Brian, uh, to reach out to folks who we might uh, otherwise agree with on a- anything. Yeah, you know, in an effort to have our own our own usually sassy and profane version of that <laughs> communion. Um, you know, to have a real conversation that might actually lead to us helping each other and then helping to save the planet because. Who doggy, it's hot. It's getting real warm. Real hot. And at the same time, all kinds of fun stuff are happening. Here on the East Coast, uh, they're just setting rain records everywhere, which sounds pleasant Ugh. until it's been like a weekend and you're like, well, that's not normal. Yeah, that's not good. But we do. We try for that. We try for pragmatic action. We'll talk to anybody who's willing to take it or to convince them um, as best we can. We do not debate science, but we will uh, talk about the best way to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Which is what we all need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. doing taking steps and taking action to, um, I don't know, save save us all and our future <laughs> children. Answer me this. <laughs> Answer me this. This sort Are you of a little bit. Are you the Riddler right now, or is it not a riddle? Just a I love the Riddler. Riddle me this. Yeah, they made him into you know like a like a cartoon character, but he could be so good. There's going to be another Riddler movie, right? We'll see. Or, another, or yeah, we'll see. Um, there was never a Riddler movie, but you're welcome. Jim Sorry, Carrey that, played him in the Batman. There's going to be another movie in which the character Riddler is portrayed and maybe by somebody else. I don't think Jim Carrey would do it again. I would think so. I mean, who knows what DC's up to, man? Literally, who knows? Who knows? Um, so, so riddle me this, Robin. <laughs> no. Yeah. Damn it. Um, riddle me this. Let's say it gets real bad. Mm. And as Guardia is like... <laughs> Let's say they've got like a third-rate spaceship, right? Okay. Do you bolt? Because you've got your little membership card. Listen, I am. A, I am a citizen. I think I don't. I'm, I don't. I don't know. 
but I'm pretty sure I'm a citizen. And do you that, get a plus one? I was just gonna say that that you know allows me to uh, probably take part in this ride on this third rate uh, spaceship to uh-huh. uh, whatever Asgardia becomes. But uh-huh. if I don't have a plus one, I don't think I'm going. You sticking it out? I got to stick it out here with the lady and mm-hmm. and my cat. Mm-hmm. I noticed that you didn't even think about using your plus one on your mom. <laughs> my mom would have her own. I've, I'm gonna. I already have future plans to convince her to become a, a, a citizen. It's gonna get expensive. I mean, you got to get in early, man. This is like season tickets for a new, uh, a new, new, new sporting team, a new soccer stadium in your city. LAFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh God, we're awful people. Um, interesting. Okay, so you, if you have, but if you had a plus one, you're out of here. I as long you as I can the rest convince of my plus one. Yeah, it's. I don't call it a. I think it's just like it's not abandoning so much as it's like this is the choice I'm going to make here for my future. And if you want, I think you guys should come. If you want to, great. And if you don't want to, but check it's you an later. exclusive club. How are we going to come? Well, you can. St- I'm pretty sure you can still sign up. I'm talking about then. Oh, yeah, then you're screwed, I think. Well, it's really charitable of you. I'm sure Jose would feel really good about the decision. I, ju- I just said that I was. It w- I would only go if I had a plus one, so that was, I think, very considerate of me to think about taking with, uh, with me another human being whom I love. What about the other nine billion of us? I, uh, it's not even, up to me. Would you even call before you left? Why are you putting this on me? Because you're the member. I don't get to go. But there's a bunch of members, probably, unless they quit <laughs> why why would they do that <laughs> listen well let's cross that bridge to space when we get there how would you get up there if they're like you can come it's straight up here but you gotta on, make your own on way you? go i don't think i have the the capacity the capabilities for that <laughs> that might be the world's greatest understatement <laughs> I don't want to, everything's fine. Okay. I mean, everything's not fine, but we don't, I'm not, I don't have to Except think about this. Is there separate? Not fine. We'll talk more all about I'm it saying later. Is okay? You should maybe just start to think about it. Uh, That's all. What are you going to do? What about you? I'm too tired. Yeah. Maybe I'll just be tired with you guys. That's fine. It's fine. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's go see what, uh, Jose has been up to. Shall we? Let's do it. Awesome. Our guest today is Jose Aguto, and together we're discussing this fascinating little tidbit, uh, which is basically the Pope has said, basically, screw it, I'll fix climate change all by myself, uh, which was unexpected and wonderful. Um, (laughs) It turns out he's got a very specific set of skills, and apparently that includes dragging us into a clean energy future, uh, which is just great. I did not see that coming. coming. (laughs) Nope, nope. Um, So we're super pumped about our guest today, Jose Aguto. Jose, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're pumped to have you here. Um, uh, Jose, do us a, a favor. Just let us know uh, who you are and what you do. Sure, Brian. So I work for the Catholic Climate Covenant. Uh, our organization seeks to inspire, equip, uh, and motivate uh, Catholics to step into uh, a more meaningful understanding and application of care for creation, which is one of the major themes of Catholic social teaching. I love that. Inspire, equip, and motivate. Um, those are... Actionable yes. words, which is That's important. What we do here. We we used to talk a little bit about, and it's still very true. And I mean, um, I'm sure there's many ways we could get sidetracked today. But philosophy is wonderful, and philosophy is amazing, and has prompted lots of action in the world. We're we're trying today to uh, to inspire, equip, and motivate 
ourselves, certainly. Yeah, we may steal that. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, so let's uh, uh, let's set up our conversation for today. Just as Quinn was just saying, um, we are in uh, times that call for action, and so we are going to ask some action-oriented questions uh, and then formulate some specific steps that uh, everybody listening uh, and and us uh, can can all take to make a little dent in the universe. Sound good? Sounds great. Awesome. So, um, Jose, we like to start with one important question uh, to kind of get at uh, the idea, the heart of, of why you're with us today on this planet and on our uh, little podcast. So, uh, but instead of telling, saying, tell us your life story, Jose, we like to ask, why are you vital to the survival of the species? Oh wow, that's a uh, mm-hmm. that's very um, egocentric. Um, I, it can I, be, but it, it doesn't have to be. But I do encourage you to be bold. You're doing pretty incredible work. I would first say that uh, I'm blessed to be here uh, to serve with others. Uh, I can't say that I, in particular, am in any special. I feel like I'm placed in a position to, to make change, and, and that in and of itself is a blessing. Um, and to do so in concert with all others, to lift up a sense of togetherness and uh, understanding of our common good, that's, that's why I'm here. That is awesome. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, listen, we're going to establish some context for today's uh, topic or question, which means it is time for Context 101 with Professor Brian. Fun fact, Professor Brian once tried to start his own for-profit university. Remember that, Brian? I remember it clearly. Yeah, uh, didn't go well. Uh, shareholders no. not pumped about uh, stories about you and the, the lab and uh, whatever that rare bird uh, was. Scaly stories. It was a parrot. Scaly side of Mercancer. Who remembers? Did, didn't go well. I'm just glad they did their due diligence. At least I tried. Yep. Anyways, uh, look, Brian. Let's uh, let's hear your little book report on the history of Catholicism. And science. Uh, sure. I mean, uh, it didn't didn't start great, right? Uh, that's the general thought, anyway. That's the idea. <laughs> um, but actually, it's it's uh, kind of complicated. There has been something called the Pontifical Academy of Sciences since the 1600s, which is bonkers. Not a lot that old. That's still standing. Eh. Um, I think it was actually uh, the last episode we had talked about how it was probably amazing the first time that you know, humans looked up to the stars uh, with an actual telescope sure. and, you know, super cool. Yeah. But, you know, if you're Galileo, not so great because yeah. he was like, you know, hey, cr- crazy idea. Uh, I think the earth uh, may revolve around the sun. Right. Uh, and then <laughs> the Romans were like, well, interesting. Uh, hey, can you come in for a quick meeting and uh, then also just be on house arrest for the rest of your life? Thanks. <laughs> um, and then what else? Uh, evolution. Sh- shockingly, the church actually didn't outright reject evolution, just kind of played it cool mm-hmm. uh, from a distance uh, for a long time until like the 20th century when when they uh, kind of backed it up, backed up into it um, with with uh, theistic evolution. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, as I, we were just talking about offline as an atheist, nerdy liberal arts major, religion major, uh, I do. I would love to do an entire episode on that day. I don't even know it's appropriate uh-huh. for our podcast, but I. I want to talk about it. I think uh, the the catechism actually says, and I'm gonna I'm gonna find it real quick. Uh, and Jose, you can punish me and tell me how wrong I am later. <laughs> uh, here, here it is. This is this is my favorite part for a variety of reasons. Methodological research in all branches of knowledge, provided it is carried out in a truly scientific manner and does not override moral laws, can never conflict with the faith because the things of the world and the things of faith derive from the same God. The humble and persevering investigator of the secrets of nature is being led, as it were, by the hand of God and in spite of himself, 
for it is God, the conserver of all things, who made them what they are. Uh, basically, you can do all the science you want as long as it's not creepy because God made it all anyways, right? Boom. Works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. That That is uh, awesome. And I appreciate you chiming in there and interrupting. Uh, this is my time, which I think we, we talked about uh, last time. You're correct. I apologize. So, yeah, no, it's fine. So, uh, so things haven't changed really. Uh, some things, y- y- some things, uh, like contraception, uh, abortion, uh, stem cells. Sure. Uh, unfortunate we can discuss them as well, but we're not digging in that today. Nor again, as we've always said, or are we and our guests going to agree on everything? Yeah, of course not. Of course. Let's take a, a step back into history into my, uh, my totally rad phone booth. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a Bill and Ted's reference? It's a Bill and Ted's reference, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, listen, uh, here's the other side of the coin. The church has paid for a ton of super important science over the centuries. And uh, a lot of mm-hmm. our most famous scientists were practicing Catholics. Sure. Uh, uh, John Burden, Nicole Resmi, and Roger Bacon. Mm-hmm. Um, that's inertia, cosmology, scientific method right there. Did you know that people thought Bacon was a wizard? Was he a wizard or was he not a, was he not a wizard? That's I, actually not for me to I, judge. Well, you haven't read Harry Potter. Well, there are wizards nonetheless. Okay, keep going. Anyway, uh, just to finish up, the, uh, the church is uh, also, I think, the biggest supporter or owner or whatever of hospitals and medical care in the world. And that obviously involves science. Theoretically, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's complicated is what I'm saying. And with, you know, the world on fire literally on fire yeah it's getting more complicated you know or or is it it's a great question and and we appreciate that brian that was wonderful um with that for some shaky context all i'm saying okay we'll talk about wizards later with that for some context let's get back to our question which is uh we're going to dig deeper than this uh, and watch how it trickles down uh but the pope has basically decided to fix climate change all by himself um i cannot wait to hear what jose thinks your report but it's time to (laughs) move forward so Jose, uh, let's again start sort of from the top-ish. We know the Pope isn't the actual top, according to Catholicism, but this new Pope, who's not really new anymore, Mr. Francis, uh, he has really shaken some things up, but his climate leadership has been surprising and extremely compelling, and he's been pretty relentless about it. It wasn't just one little paper. Uh, So let's talk about him personally before we get into how that trickles down to your work and and the faithful in general. How How has that resounded uh pope francis stepping into climate change uh or care for our creation uh let's let's start with pope the, the pope is sort of moving on down the the ladder uh well the pope himself uh absolutely inspiring uh you may have seen uh, or heard about a film that recently came out that was actually in theaters for a while uh a man of his word uh, where he did talk about uh care for creation and he there are visuals of him washing the feet of refugees and women and this remarkable display of humility is is such a demonstration of living out the gospel and living out Jesus' message that it just captures everyone. To be at the highest position, the vicar of Christ, and to be kneeling and washing feet is is truly a, an inspiring vision. So yeah, and, and then he carries that care for all people into his ministry, uh, which extends into uh, care for creation. He's not the first pope. I don't know if you want me to elaborate, but he's not the first pope to, to speak on this. In fact, back in right. 1971, we've had a pope talking about our environmental degradation threatening our planet. And then moving, mm-hmm. that was Pope Paul VI, and then moving to Pope John Paul II and Pope Benedict. Um, so Pope Francis, in many ways, is carrying what his predecessors uh, were saying into this space. Sure. I, I think 
you know, what has been interesting about it, and I appreciate your education on that, thank you, is, you know, I guess it's the timing of it, which is he has been um, very, very straightforward about it, very compelling about it, calling in recently, you know, business leaders together, fossil fuel leaders together. And, And obviously this is, this is the moment where thankfully most of the rest of the world, even, you know, in addition to the Catholics are actually starting to pay attention and, and take action. Um, so it just seems like, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's a great moment for him to be really putting himself out there to say, this is my direction and, and the direction of the church and the continuance of the, of the Pope prior to him, because now is the most important moment. Absolutely. Um, and he is elevating uh, what is a pretty bold what were some pretty bold declarations by by previous popes? I mean, Pope John Paul II talked about the need for an ecological conversion, and Pope Benedict was known as the Green Pope and put solar panels on the Vatican sure. um, and was very active and uh, publicly supportive of uh, the UNFCCC uh, mm-hmm. negotiations. And so, you know, Pope Francis just took this to another level. You know, one of the things that I think is particularly interesting, and you've just mentioned this, is is making this more into the public sphere and reaching out to people across all sectors to talk about, I think, the moral dimension of climate change. Um, and I just want to take a step back. And sure. uh, back in before Paris, um, I, I was reading a New York Times article with Andrew uh, that was written by Andrew Revkin, and he was mm-hmm. sitting at a table with uh, with Walter Monk, who is a famous oceanographer then in his 90s. And um, the conversation sure. didn't talk about, you know, gigatons of carbon. Uh, Walter Monk said, we need a miracle of love and unselfishness if we're going to get out of this climate crisis. Sure. So, and that's that's the mess, that's the primary message that Pope Francis has been saying, and he says so to these oil and gas executives and to all of us is, you know, where's your heart? Uh, you know, so, you know, that carrying forth is a mission of all of us people of faith or all of us who have some faith, all of us people of goodwill. Where is our heart in this? Because that's where it starts. I mean, on that, exactly on that subject, what, the words that he's spoken, the actions he's taken, the policies on on this front, um, how have they made their way, uh, I guess, down to the cardinals and then, you know, further to, to individual churches themselves? It depends on each parish, each priest, sure. uh, each diocese, yep. each consecrated where they want to take it. Um, in some of the nations where they definitely feel it, like the Philippines, um, you know, Cardinal Tagle, he's all over it. The, the the Philippine Church is is totally invested in in ecological conversion. Sure. Um, in the United are, States, they are in it right now. Absolutely, um, and and also, you know, I do want to make mention of the the bishops in Oceana, you know, Fiji mm-hmm. sure. and uh, Marshall yeah. Islands. They it's are incredible. totally invested in this. Yeah speaking prophetically. Um, in other countries, too, in Europe, they're also stepping into this. I mean, the Austrian bishops recently came out with uh, some sustainable uh, investment guidelines uh, for the diocese on how they invest. And so, you know, we're seeing a lot of movement in other uh, churches across the, uh, the world. And in the United States, I have to say, we've done very well, uh, but it hasn't been publicized and it hasn't been consolidated. But you do see, for example, uh, uh, sisters orders who are um, filing shareholder, you know, shareholder appeals um, and getting changes to the way that companies are investing. Um, you have the adorers of the blood of Christ who are who have a chapel that is standing um, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, in front of a proposed pipeline 
Um, yep. University of Dayton has decided to divest from fossil fuels. Yep. Um, you've got dioceses across the nation celebrating care for creation and, and getting their uh, parishes to, to green up. So there's a lot of activity going on um, that you know hasn't been known, and it's the covenant's job to, to lift that up and, and make people aware that the Catholic Church in the United States is acting. Sure. <clears throat> this is a bit of a sidetrack, but it just occurred to me, and again, this might be an entirely separate episode conversation. Where does the leadership come out uh, I guess, especially in, in Europe and, and then, I guess, on the Oceania side, with uh, where do they come out on immigration on all of this? Because, you know, for, for everything that happened with immigration in the past few years, it's just the tip of the iceberg for how much worse it's going to get with the climate changing. You know, you see things like, that's not a huge Catholic population, but, you know, 800 million threatened in India as it gets warmer uh, and, and the farmers in northern India committing suicide and, and the availability of water and cholera everywhere. You know, we we talk about empathy, but I'm curious if, if the church, because no one else seems to be doing it, has any sort of forward thinking on the situation that's coming down the pipe. Well, wow. With regard to, I guess you would call them climate refugees, um, mm-hmm. although the definition of refugees um, is a little different. Um, mm-hmm. I can't speak on what their formal position is, sure. um, uh, but a few weeks ago, I was uh, I was blessed to attend the other Vatican conference uh, of sort of climate advocates sort of the companion piece. And uh, there were uh, bishops from places like Oceana who were saying that we need to create some new protocols that will allow for those peoples who will be flooded, safe harbor uh, into some of the other nations, particularly those nations which had a significant contribution to the climate crisis. So um, there are discussions on what those protocols could and should be, but I, you know, I'm not I'm not an expert to talk about those. Sure. No, no worries. Just didn't know if you'd heard anything on the trade winds. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, as an overall matter, Catholic Relief Services, um, the largest uh, faith humanitarian organization, I mean, they, this is front and center for them. This is their major theme this year. Sure. Um, figure out this crisis. But no, I, yeah, I, I don't have any specifics. Apologies. Yeah. No, no, no. worries, man. It just <laughs> literally occurred to me it just because it keeps, it is just top of mind. Um, it is like everything else coming down the pipe. Right. And, you know, one of the one of the huge concerns is the fact that, you know, we have seen these massive migrations and immigration and we've seen the responses by our nation and the European countries. And, and it's sure. quite concerning that, you know, this percentage, you know, these millions, I think it's like 65 million people displaced and the way that they're being treated right now. Imagine hundreds of millions in the future. It's just not a happy scenario. That's my exact thing, which was yeah. like this was almost like a test case, uh, which you hate to say because it's millions of lives on the lane on the line and and, right. and, and many many lost uh, who never even got a chance to get over the borders or or get over the water, but is a uh, a fraction of of what it's going to be and uh, and what it could be, which just makes me feel like boy, I would love for humanity to be having some strategic conversations about this, uh, whoever's leading yeah. the way. Well, and, and in, in that regard, and not just, again, not just strategic conversations, but what are what is in our heart and who mm-hmm. is our neighbor? And mm-hmm. are we going to welcome our neighbor? Are we going to consider him or her our neighbor and not the other? Sure. This is the fundamental divide that we're talking about and where I mean, people of faith are saying, we need to care for our neighbor. We need to love our neighbor. That's the fundamental commandment. Are you seeing that? Have you seen, you know, not not the churches 
themselves, but the the members, the father, the faithful, have you seen their reactions to, to the leadership's actions? Uh, there's definitely a response. I mean, you see these sanctuary cities, you see churches, parishes, synagogues mm-hmm. from across the country welcoming, just stepping into this and committing to it. Absolutely laudatory. Um, it's a matter of being able to encourage others to think the same. Sure. Sure. And, and, you know, what's really fascinating is, and, and again, it's so complicated because there's no one population where everything applies, where you're talking about African-Americans or, or Catholics or evangelicals or, or Hispanics, you know, we've all got uh, different sets of values. My wife and I have different sets of values. You know, we just happen to overlap enough that she puts up with me (laughs) for, for today, as far as I know. I don't know how she does it, to be Uh, honest. (laughs) God, I have so many questions. Um, You know, (laughs) Oh boy. Um, I wake up every morning. I'm like, you're still here. That's so interesting. (laughs) Um, But you know, it's interesting because the conservative side of the political establishment in America has always placed themselves as, as the more religious side, not always, I guess, past 40 years, the more religious side and the side of family values. And it sure Mm -hmm. seems like in the past year and a half that the folks that are arguing for taking care of our fellow man, whether you're religious or not. Uh, and, you know, you can define religious a number of different ways. I'm talking about sort of America-centric right now. Seems to be a banner that has been taken up uh, very much so by the other side, because it seems like it has certainly been a- abandoned by the original yep. bearers of it, which is interesting and and compelling. Happy to take it. We'll, we'll carry it. I mean, I think everybody saw what, the, what has been going on and what is still going on with the family separations at the border. Uh, it's just, it's, it's shocking. And it makes you go like, what, what, what is in our heart? And when you ask people, what is in our heart? Is, is that enough? What do you, what, what do you stand for as a person, uh, much less a person of faith? Uh, what do you stand for as a father or a mother? Or what are you teaching your children? What do you stand for as a citizen of your state or your country or your world? What if that was your children? It just, it makes everyone, you know, if, when it feels like, you know, you have a death in the family, puts everything in context. That's what this moment right. has felt like to me, where it makes it feels like everybody needs to, and not a lot of folks are take a step back and go like, what am I made of here? You know, what, what do I stand for? And what am I willing to, to do about it? And again, this is the tip of the iceberg. Indeed. Uh, well, I don't know the extent to which certain people's religious beliefs are, uh, elevated and, uh, exaggerated and then placed, uh, in major media to, to seem to indicate that, you know, all people are a substantial uh, portion of people of faith are thinking in this way. I would say people who do act, um, consistent with the, the two greatest commandments of loving God and loving their neighbor do so in a quiet and humble way. Um, and so I think there are a lot more people like that. That's not, yeah, that's not to say there aren't people doing that or redoubling their efforts or doing it anew. Uh, it seems like there's a, a lot of folks that maybe haven't jumped on that bandwagon who aren't religious who are doing it, which is fine, great. Whoever's willing to t- help take care of these folks, we'll, we'll take yeah. it. Um, because again, it's like a practice session for what's coming. But it is interesting the way things are sort of swerving uh, back and forth uh, on some of these fronts. Um, so Jose, tell us about your work. Where, where did this start and what are you guys uh, primarily focusing on? Well, we, as I mentioned before, we seek up to lift up uh, the U.S. Catholic Church's response um, to um, the call to care for creation. One of the things I want to emphasize is this year we decided to figure out a way to participate and we are still in. And we wanted to do so in a way that speaks to the Catholic faith. Um, and so we 
uh, put up a Catholic climate declaration of the beginning of the year, or actually we, we opened it up in March, where we're asked, we asked Catholic institutions to um, declare that they are in and fully supportive of the Paris oh, Agreement wonderful. and that they're in on climate action. You can just Google Catholic climate declaration. Um, and we the, the declaration itself talks to all those popes that I mentioned. It, it, it cites uh, verbatim to statements that the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops have stated back as long ago as 1991 about understanding the science and, and wanting to lead with the science um, and then also call for a change of heart. Very fundamental, at, at least in terms of Catholic theology, you know, statements of where the Catholic Church is and wants to be. And uh, we announced uh, on June 18th, the third anniversary of Laudato Si, the number of signatories. And at this time, and we had nearly 600 at that time, and now we have uh, 650, uh, which includes nice. uh, 41 dioceses. Mm -hmm. um, so those are... Uh, you know, bishops, archbishops, and cardinals who decided to st uh, step forth and, and state sure. that we are still in. And and uh, just for for the 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 pagan many listening to this, uh, what sort of percentage is that of that uh, is that of uh, active dioceses worldwide, or I guess in America? Uh, in America, there are I think 173 dioceses. And how many are on board? You said. Well, we have uh, 41. Archdiocese and diocese, uh, I think we have like seven or eight archdioceses, which then cover a bunch of, they overlook other sure. dioceses. Sure. We have dioceses in interesting places. We didn't expect it. Um, for example, in Kentucky, Alaska, Arkansas, Alabama, Georgia, Utah, Wyoming. So we allowed the courage of these bishops in these frankly challenging states to step right. forth on this. So excited to lift up this declaration. We continue to, to ask for uh, signatories, and we want to be able to step all of these signatories into what we would call the ladder of engagement. So moving beyond word and into action, and those actions are coming forth and bubbling forth uh, as we you know, come into the Global Climate Action Summit and hope to declare that. Is there an actual letter uh, of action? Is there something specific? Is that a metaphor? The declaration is a call to action and a political statement to say that we are still in. Uh, we followed up with the signatories with a survey to say, so what actually are you doing? Are you doing homiletics, education, GHG reductions, energy efficiency upgrades, all that stuff? So, um, yes, um, that's the action. Yeah. And, and side note, it's important for, for the non-believers here. Uh, to understand that, you know, the Catholic Church is not like owning a Papa John's franchise just because the CEO says you have to do something doesn't mean you turn your pizza boxes red. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little more loose than that. So it does require some, some coordination, some suggestion, and, and obviously specific adjustments to your geological or demographic uh, construct. Yes. Um, so yes, and you probably know, uh, Quinn, the principle of subsidiarity. Right. At the at the right. same time, though, th there is indeed a hierarchy. Uh, right. And, you know, so people do follow the lead of the pope um, and then it, it trickles on down. And so his influence and that of the archbishops and cardinals um, has a significant effect on sure. those on the other, you know, lower down to be influenced by their statements and actions. I'm so pumped to uh, read that declaration. I just downloaded it uh, so I can check it out. That's so great. Oh, thank you. We're also really blessed to work with We Are Still In. I mean, that's a fantastic campaign. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah. 
Yeah. They, they just put out something new yesterday or today. I, I, I haven't had a chance to check the news, but it's, um, yeah, they, they are, they're pushing ahead. It's awesome. Um, I gotta, I gotta ask this question. Uh, and now you are the perfect person to, to ask it because you're uh, very knowledgeable on this. Scott Pruitt, uh, recently departed Archvillain of the world, <laughs> um, claimed that his faith told him to act opposite of, of how you and others, um, have pointed yourself. He was, I mean, it seemed like he was hell bent on exploiting the earth. How, how does that, how does that drive with care for creation? Uh, well, God will decide, uh, whose, uh, interpretation of the Bible, um, uh stands. So I, I, I can't yeah. speak to the accuracy of his opinion, but this whole issue of dominion versus stewardship is one that's been going on for decades. Well, actually, it's been going on since time immemorial, but um, within the, the Christian uh, or the Abrahamic traditions, uh, this discussion of dominion versus stewardship and you know, clearly Stop Pruitt's opinions were one of dominion and Pope Francis and other popes and other, actually, all other faiths are calling for a stewardship model of uh, of treating the earth. So, I mean, that's that's the bottom line on that debate. But willing to elaborate if you want. Uh, we're 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 always for it. I mean, I think it's it matters, and I, I I think you know I always always want to take a step back when I'm writing each newsletter or we're conducting these conversations. We're planning for them, or we're looking at topics or questions we want to answer, and, and guests who can support those. Or the other way around, uh, an exceptional human who who we can talk to about something really cool that's much smarter than us is to take a step back and look at our mission, which is to to help. What did you say? Uh, equip. Uh, equip and activate educate uh, activate yep um the, inspire yeah our in, inspire equip activate uh our 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 listeners and our and our readers and you know one thing that has been very clear is that in a lot of situations such as the communications with your faithful and in the catholic congregation or evangelicals or west virginia coal miners you know, the messenger is more important than the message, but I do think it is very, you, you still run into a Catholic on the street every day. And it's important for our listeners to fully grasp the person and the human that they're talking to and the values they hold and, and how complicated those might be. So it, it is important for us to understand because I think it's very easy. You could call it lazy in some ways. I'm sure some people are, but it's very easy for someone to read that Scott Pruitt says his faith said, uh, you know, we should drill everywhere and people go, see, see, uh, it's the Catholic's fault. Or it's a it's a Christian's fault, or you know it's a Hindu's fault. And it's like right, it's, right. it is exceptionally more complicated than that. So so the more nuance you can give it, Jose, uh, the better for for all of us. Uh, in terms of uh, how people land uh, on that biblical interpretation, sure, why not? Uh, I can't speak to that. I'm not a theologian. Well, I guess I mean you don't even have to speak to it from a from this from the viewpoint of a theologian, but more in your in your in your day to day life. So I guess that you know it takes us to the other side, which is, you know, do you receive a pushback within the greater congregation and, and leadership? Are there people who have taken a more uh, a different stance uh, from this who aren't following the lead or have been reluctant or uh, that question it uh, either in a rational or irrational way? Oh, uh, absolutely. I, I want to pull it back a little bit. And, and you're probably familiar with the uh, Yale Center for Climate Communications or Six Americas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So there are approximately 70 to 75 million U.S. Catholics. Mm -hmm. um, and we find that they pretty much live in the 
those percentages live in those six Americas pretty much the same as the rest of America. Maybe tacking a little bit more to, if you will, the left and a greater acceptance of climate change and human causality. Uh, but just like any community, we encounter Catholics across those six Americas. And so obviously those who uh, deny climate change or deny the human causality of climate change um, disagree with Pope Francis. And, you know, we just simply have to live with that and meet them where they are, just like with any other population and try and inspire those and the other, other Americas to step more into what it is that the church, not just Pope Francis, but the church has been telling us with regard to stewardship. Um, so that's our mission. We all, I know that you do, we all do struggle with uh, that vocal minority um, who deny climate change and, you know, are, are now exercising the levers of power right now. Um, and we simply have to bring the new truth into that space. Sure, sure. Hey guys, it's Quinn. If you're listening to this, you obviously like podcasts and you probably like music too. On Spotify, you can listen to all of that in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can download episodes to listen to offline, wherever you might be, and you can easily share what you're listening to with your friends via Spotify's integrations with social platforms like Instagram. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. You can just search for Important Not Important on the Spotify app or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Very convenient. And of course, you can follow us so you never miss an episode of Important Not Important. Uh, Spotify is the world's leading music streaming service, and now it can be your go-to for podcasts, too. So, uh, on, on that note, and I want to come out, you know, and say very straightforward, obviously... We have all realized in the past two years that polling is far from perfect. Um, <laughs> uh, certainly, some are certainly better than others. Polls of polls, all this stuff. I think what Nate Silver and 538 do is great. They were wrong. Everyone's wrong. It's complicated. Still much better than a bunch of talking heads. However, you know, on what you were just talking about, the way the congregation sort of leans and where pushback is. So when, when Pope Francis dropped his 180, 485 page mixtape uh, in 2015, <laughs> you know, arguing for climate action, among other things, you know, it, it, yes, it was a continuation, but it was so strong, it did blow some minds. And there were some initial surveys, which gave it exactly zero seconds to hit that said it didn't sway a lot of the Catholic populace. The church said, please be patient. But again, I, I, I do try to do my research. Quite a few studies have come out since. And again, you can read into these, however you will, everything is skewed that say that 62% of Catholic Democrats believe in uh, climate change while 24% of Catholic Republicans do. So here's, here's my question a little bit. What is the Pope's sway in 2018? How has that changed? And is climate change and conservatism too much for him to even overcome? Let's say we're talking about a, a, a control group of a, of a conservative Catholic who has a number of values among a number of different issues, climate change being one of, you know, the abortion or stem cells, or clean energy, or taxes, or social benefits, or civil rights. And and that person, we'll just call him a he, because guys ruin everything, basically. This gentleman, his conservatism is, is too, there's too much 
well, let's just fuck it. Use a Star Wars reference. You know, it, you can't get over the dark side. Because <laughs> why not? Basically, which is like as much as he follows the Pope, it's n- and and listens to what the Pope says. What the Pope says on climate change is not enough to overcome his his greater dark side conservatism, and so he is not among those converted, uh, and much less taking action. So. Has the Pope's sway changed on that front in, in 2018? You know, h- how do we get to those people recognizing that many of them won't change their minds? Wow, great question. Um, uh, several layers here, and I'll mm-hmm. just sort of throw them out there. Yeah, sorry um, about that. No, no, no worries. Uh, a colleague of mine, um, Dan DeLeo, who's a professor at Creighton University, um, afforded me a couple of studies with regard to Catholics' reaction to Laudato Si when it came out. And, and one of them said, I think, you know, uh, reflecting what you said, those Catholics who didn't believe in climate change um, in the first place weren't swayed. Um, but what, I think what was significant is that those Catholics that did believe in climate change were given agency. They were given permission to yeah, step into awesome. the space. Yeah, and, and that's Yes. And, and so that's the influence. And, you know, you're, I think the, who you're talking about in terms of, say, this 25 percent that will adamantly uh, deny the existence of climate change. And there are a whole bunch of other uh, studies talking about their um, other kinds of backgrounds. And it's just in my experience, it's mm-hmm. if we have limited resources, it's not worth my time to be trying to, quote unquote, convert or persuade them to believe otherwise. It's rather to get the other 75% to be motivated and to exercise all of those formulas with regard to social change to get those, you know, critical percentages Mm -hmm. activated so that we're shifting the ethos of mankind or humankind, actually, Mm -hmm. to um, say climate action is a set part of my culture and that's what I'm going to do. Sure. And there are different levels to it. Like we were saying before, uh, sure, white people have always cared about civil rights, quote unquote. But uh, you know, just getting them to actually do something apparently took putting a, a, a pseudo dictator in charge for them to actually march in the streets, whether it's for science or climate or, or women's rights or the youth, you know, whatever. So, like you said, man, man, there's just going to be fights that aren't worth fighting, and and con- conversions that aren't worth reaching for. It's better to activate the people that are on board but haven't taken action yet. But the problem is, is a lot of those other folks are the ones that are in office and can actually make the laws. And those are the ones that, that you know, you'd like to hope it starts with a groundswell of, of their similar Catholic brethren uh, and sisters saying, hey, listen, I support nine out of the 10 things you do, except for this 10th thing, man, we got, we got to act on this because it's not great out there. That hopefully yeah. if there's enough of those that they're changed their mind. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not sure where I'm going with it, but but to me, like, that's, we do have to keep reaching for some of those people. I believe that. Yeah, amen. I mean, uh, well, when it comes to, say, having a scientific debate with a climate skeptic, that's one thing. Um, but going back to what it is to be a Catholic or a person of faith, it's to lead with love um, and to meet that person where they are uh, and not to condemn. Um, and that's, you know, that's the space that we want to live in. Absolutely. On the other side, I guess, what if, uh, imagine for a moment that, uh, that Pope Francis wasn't taking the position that, that he, that he is, um, that he was neutral, uh, uh, like the church was on evolution for so long or, or silent or worse, just against climate action. Does that, how, how does that affect you and, and your work personally? Could, could, could CCC exist in a, in that world? 
I think we would exist, but not as vibrantly. Yes, I mean, to have have a Pope that is so uh, inspiring and, and so right on in terms of the messaging and, and giving us our marching orders. Um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I do want to take a, a step back and, you know, and talk a little bit about what Pope Francis is seeking to do from his place of faith, which is to have dialogue. And that yes. again, again, goes to that sort of let, you know, we are not sanctioned to judge other people, but we are called to seek dialogue with them, no matter what their differences are. And, and so, you know, his value of stepping into a dialogue with oil and gas executives and probably giving them a very, very moral call and saying, you know, put aside, you know, the millions and billions that you make uh, and, uh, and to step into your heart and say, what do you, what kind of planet do you want to leave for your children and grandchildren? Ask that question and do so directly. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have been in that room. Uh, and, uh, you know... Yeah, can you the, imagine? The cynic, it's easy to say like, oh, well, those people walked away and said, I choose money. But you do hope that some of them, when he said, what's in your heart, what do you want to leave behind? You hope that it gets to some of them because, boy, the Pope just called you into the office, man. Yeah, are you kidding? Exactly. Um, and that he And that he spent time out of the millions of things that he could step into, step into that, that's the kind of leadership that we're looking for on this issue. Sure. Sure. I hope everyone loves that guy. I have, I've, it's been a long time since I've gone to church or, or practice any sort of religion, but man, when were you when, raised Catholic? I was. Yeah. Interesting. When did you, when did you drop that? Please don't say, please don't say today. <laughs> no, 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 of course not. Well, we were, my, my little brother and I were like basically taken, uh, you know, to church every Sunday by my father. And then sure. it just, I think like in once high school started, he just stopped taking at us. And then we, I guess we didn't have the uh, motivation ourselves to, to continue or, or whatever, but Shocker. I, I, yeah, right now. Yeah. Four, 15 year olds don't want to do anything weird. <laughs> yeah. uh, but man, I, um, are you re-inspired? I just love like almost everything that Francis has ever said since he's been the Pope. And it just, and for, I feel like that, is pretty um, substantial because I I'm I would not call myself a religious person, but to have you know you know it's like he's he's the head of something that I you know I'm not involved in, so I so I I couldn't believe that I was so uh, taken by him and so impressed with him, and so it only it just made me think, man, everybody who's in the church and is a you know is faithful and is a practicing member, and you know this is a huge part of their life. They they must this must be their their guy and right I if just, you I, feel this way right 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 and i just i just really hope that that uh that's that is what's happening is and and his words and his actions are like really um being impressed upon these this this huge group of people in the world and you know you can always go back <laughs> <laughs> of course right. well francis is calling for evangelization so here yeah. i go uh so I'll never say never so do you do you see Folks, do you do you see in your day to day life more more activation among folks you didn't see coming? People who you're like, oh, they show up every week, you know, out there doing things that that like you said uh, have been given agency for maybe the first time. Oh, it's such a delight actually to oh, I just love hanging out and talking with especially nuns. Sure. They are just the most fearless. Nuns oh, are the wow. best. Inspired. Oh, they're just unbelievable. Um, and to to hear them and share their share their stories with others, um, I just sure. one of the highlights of my um, of my job. Um, wow. And, yeah, absolutely. 
And then also, you know, parishioners. And uh, I was just recently in uh, my diocese, we had a Care for Creation Network meeting and sitting at the table with 20 other people of the Catholic faith who are laity, like doing things in their parish. Right. And just to be in fellowship with them, that's, that's priceless, really. Sure, sure. How much traveling do you do in contact with, with uh, parishes around the country? Not as much as I would like. Um, no, uh, well, we, we are more providing resources for them to go forth. Uh, we don't have the resources to be out there in the field often. Um, Got it. So we're getting yeah. a little specific, which is good. What are some of those resources that you guys provide? Uh, for example, uh, helping uh, parishes uh, put together care for creation teams uh, and then giving them resources to decide, oh, well, renewable might be good. Um, energy efficiency, uh, greening. Uh, we have what is called a Catholic Energies Program. It's a one-stop shop where uh, parishes can, with no money down, explore energy efficiency and renewable energy. And uh, our Catholic Energies program will take care of, of all of those administrative hassles and find the vendors for those parishes to make it happen. Fascinating. Yes. Wow. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, absolutely. This is a good place to go here. We're talking about uh, what we can do, taking action steps. So in a broader context, um, one of our overarching goals is to shine a light on uh, where we need to go, uh, you know, as a people. And obviously that's complicated. There's a lot of different peoples with different values. But at the same time, when you face something like this, it requires everybody. Yes. Indeed. So, so I guess dialing all that all the way down, let's get into applicable things that you're focusing on, things like that where our listeners can help. And I mean, getting into literally, uh, whether it's, whether it's Catholic listeners or, or other religious folks or, 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 or non, where can they specifically help? Because again, we, you know, we have a, we have a blanket, no assholes policy here. There's, yes. we, we do not do yelling at people who don't agree with us. If they do, they're not flying our flag, man. Or we send Brian after him on his motorcycle. You um, do not want that. We recognize it, it is <laughs> vital. I'm thinking raising Arizona. Yeah, yeah perfect. Exactly. perfect. We, you know, <laughs> God, that's amazing. Uh, you know, it is. It is. So many people are already on board. It is so vital that we get congregations like Catholics and the evangelicals and who are complicated and former coal miners. These are the groups uh, that are going to get us over the line into the drastic action we need to take. Right. So. So whatever it takes. So so let's get specific. Like you, when you've got those teams of people, who who is funding that? Are there places where we can our our folks can? Where can they go specifically? Like literally, what is the webpage where they can go to to activate that self, or they can send it to their Catholic friend or Catholic parents to so that they can work in in their parish, et cetera, et cetera. Let's let's do this. Oh, so the the PSA portion of this? Uh... Yep, absolutely. That's, that's the whole point. Let's do it. Well, well, you know, CatholicComicCovenant.org and creation care teams, and there's right. a whole. What are they gonna What are they gonna find in those places? They're gonna find how as granular is how do you talk to a reluctant parishioner or a skeptical uh, pastor to help persuade them to step into a care for creation team. Um, and then send then all the tools, which, you know, I don't want to bore you with, but not and, boring. So great. So yeah, vital. Yeah. The, how to, to, how to make this happen. Um, but it, even before that, I mean, we also often talk about prayer, you know, pray, reflect, sure. then act. Um, and so we do have, for example, a feast of St. Francis every year where you're stepping into, uh, the liturgy. Um, and we're also asking 
as Pope Francis has said, for example, take 20 minutes outside and just be quiet. These kinds of conversions um, or, uh, or just stepping into who we are as human beings, that we were all always like this, and we need to reconnect with nature in a very fundamental observatory way where you're encountering nature with all five of your senses, these are stepping stones into that ecological conversion that start from a place of quiet and necessarily have to start with a place of quiet. So, you know, I, that's, that's the foundation for me. Um, and then the program so down for that. God, it applies to everybody. And so easy uh, to do in Los Angeles, isn't it, Brian? Yes. <sighs> I always tell you when you're writing a book or a speech or something to, to imagine talking to one specific person, you know, as opposed to trying to do it for everybody. So I think of I, one of my best friends on the planet, most vocal supporters, uh, who, who loves this, who is a, was brought up Presbyterian, you know, sort of, and has left that behind, gone full science. He couldn't care for people more than he does. Uh, so, so, so rolls with the second rule the whole way. His parents have gone, uh, very much in the other direction and, you know, become a little more, little, I love them to death, become a little more, they'll never listen to this, uh, the conservative side, um, <laughs> that becomes a little untouchable. But I know it would make his life to be able to, you know, his mom works and runs uh, a, a very significant parish. And, you know, I think it would, it would be amazing to him to be able to get through to them. And so that's why I talk about like, you know, pointing him and folks like him in the direction of those resources so they can educate themselves and help them so they can take it to those sort of people and say, here, look, this is something we can still agree on and where we can take action and make the world a better place and help people. So that's, that's really why I'm saying like, what are people going to find on these web pages? Because they might be people who've never typed the word Catholic into a browser before. Sure. So one angle, um, and I'll go back to the Catholic energies program because we, uh, our executive director, Dan Missla has experienced this for, for over a decade. He's the founding mm-hmm. executive director of this organization that encountering a lot of skepticism amongst uh, parishioners or the uh, pastors or the facilities managers about, oh, I don't want to even talk about climate change, like, you know, get out of here. So the Catholic Energies Program is to say, okay, so you don't care about climate change, but if you swap out your LEDs for, (laughs) you you swap out your incandescence for LEDs across your schools and your parish, you're going to save like $25,000 a year. Right. And that's just the swap out of LEDs. And then think of all the other things. And so the Catholic Energies Program is to say, you're going to save money and you can put that money to other ministries and other resources. Kind of a no-brainer, as we know about energy efficiency. Um, so that's that's where you get to people who don't even want to talk about climate change. Um, what, but are that, the, what are the list of other things besides installing LEDs? That Do, do you have sort of like a, a one-sheet, a template that people can say like, hey, look, here are the different ways. You know, like a study came out recently said like these are the three these are the actual three tiers of personal moves you can make and and how much it actually affects the environment all the way up from you know from switching light bulbs from to not switching light bulbs to as many kids as you want. kid to not flying as much to going electric to going carless entirely you know eating a meatless uh, diet et cetera et cetera do you have sort of a Catholic specific Catholic flavored one sheet of that that someone like that can look at it and say like, all right, look, you've done the LEDs. Let's cross this next thing off the list that sure it's helping the climate, but it's also saving you money or it's bringing in more, it's bringing in younger, hipper religious folks, yada, yada. Uh, we don't have that actual quantitative calculator. Uh, but I, I would say that if you go to the Catholic energies website, that it's a very easy on-ramp 
and you have to and no commitment, just sort of like, are you interested? And here's what it would entail. So we gently bring people into that. And uh, and if they want to engage, then feel free to engage. Sorry, I don't have like a carbon footprint calculator with me, but no, not at all. Oh, yeah. God, why don't you, Jose? You're the worst. <laughs> No, but there does seem to be a very easy get started uh, section on the Catholic Energies uh, website. Um, that would be, yeah, no problem to 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 begin and, and and probably continue. So, what are the, from your perspective, what are the big actionable questions that the rest of us should be asking of our representatives, not our clergymen? We'll get to that. Because we've talked about personal action, but, you know, we always talk about what you can do with your voice, your, you know, your dollar and your vote. Okay, so did you ever see that John Oliver three-part series on the uh, on gun control, comparing uh, the U.S. with uh, Australian politicians with regard to gun control? Yes. Right. So uh, one of the revealing moments in that uh, three-part series was uh, an interview of a Senate staffer. Um, and he was asked the question, what is what is your what is your senator's number one priority? And it was in essence to get reelected. And then using that reelection uh, motif as a justification for why other uh, senators shouldn't support obvious gun control measures uh, post Sandy Hook. Um, and the distinction between them and the Australians when they had their mass murder episode was that some of these Australian politicians recognized that they would like very likely lose their seat in support of the safety of their people. Sure. So the question before politicians, as Pope Francis puts before oil and gas executives and puts before all of us is, where is your heart? What are you willing to sacrifice? Is your reelection that much worth it? Is the fate of the planet worth you, you know, wanting to save your seat? This is the moment that we're all in, right? <laughs> we all know about yeah. this existential crisis and, you know, and, you know, is Bill McKibben and others said at this Laudato Si conference, I mean, we're, we're losing this fight. So, you know, adhering to principles, Christian or all faith principles of are you willing to sacrifice um, and are you willing to go beyond your ego to serve the common good and serve our common, common home? Are you willing to do that? That's the fundamental question before all of us. So, you know, you can ask the same thing to politicians. I mean, are you willing to be reelected for the sake of jeopardizing our planet for, you know, for, for more votes that degrade our environment and harm people. I mean, really? Right. It's a values question. Right. Right. And what of our clergymen? Any, any difference in questions we could be asking them? Actionable questions? Uh, I don't want to step into that space. (laughs) No, I mean, I I can't speak for, I can't speak for clergymen. What would you take to your clergymen? Let's say your 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 parish uh, hadn't participated in any sort of action so far. Where would you start besides your besides your website? Oh well, it would start with me actually, right? Uh, because I was amidst, and uh, as I mentioned, I was uh, in this meeting with uh, I think seven or eight uh, parishes in my diocese are or have care for creation teams are doing all this wonderful stuff. I have actually haven't done so with my parish, although I've been a parishioner for over twenty years. So my next plan of action is to figure out a way to talk to my pastor and other parishioners to see if we can get a care for creation team there. The second thing is that um, the Catholic Climate Declaration uh, is still live. And um, eventually I'm going to ask him 
to sign on to that declaration. Um, I am, though, waiting to see if uh, his our bishop is going to sign first, because that will give more heft to my request. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, hey, we were when we were doing um, our research, which always uh, always sounds creepy. <laughs> Sounds weird. It wasn't weird. We were just just normal research. Um, no, but we 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 saw something cool. Um, you you have uh, worked for the the National Congress of American Indians. Yes. Is is that is that in your background as well? Your heritage? Uh, no, I'm Filipino. Um, although my uh, grandfather was born in the Batanas Islands, so he was of the Ivatan tribe. Although raised Catholic, so in some sense indigenous. Yes. We were talking off off the air about how I mean, of all of all people, the you know Ugh. the the first people, the Native Americans are probably just, I mean, I can't they every the, everything to them is is their land. It's this you know they couldn't love it more. And here here everybody is straight up destroying it. Was Ugh. that what did you what did you do for them? Was that 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 seems like that must have been wild. Yes, I I, I ran their energy, environment, and climate portfolio. Right. Uh, but in support of uh, tribal nations uh, and what the tribal leaders wanted uh, in, in defense of their sovereignty. Fascinating. Yes. Yeah. So as you know, <laughs> you know, we have, you know, Alaska Native villages that are falling into the rivers and oceans right now. Sure. Literally. But w- one thing I would say, sort of to tie this together, um, Pope Francis's remarks to us uh, a couple of weeks ago, he made specific mention of indigenous peoples and said that not only do we need to um, listen to them, we need to learn from them. Mm -hmm. And he lifted up the theme, which indigenous peoples have been saying since time immemorial, that everything is related. Right. Everything is connected. Right. And when, when, when Laudato Si came out in uh, 2015, my first reaction was, oh my gosh, he's saying what indigenous peoples have been saying all along. And now recently with his statements, um, he's very much stepping into this fully. And there's going to be a synod on indigenous peoples in 2019 in the Amazon that the Vatican announced. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's also going to be a synod for youth uh, this October. So youth and indigenous peoples are very prominent in, in moving this forward. Absolutely. I mean, we, I think we saw that this is zero hour March, uh, this, this past weekend. I mean, this will take a couple of weeks to hit, right. which is boy, the youth are pretty frustrated and fired up at this point. There seems to be a real sense of way. Hey, thanks for screwing everything up. Uh, we're pretty angry about it and we're going to do something about it, which hopefully leads to good things. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Firstly, Jose, um, I know we're getting a little close to time here probably. So, um, just, Super grateful for you awesome. to be here today with us. Absolutely. Well, oh, Brian and Quinn, thank you so much for sharing your time with me as well. Yeah. Um, not quite done with you yet. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you have um, do you, anybody else that you think that, uh, that you know, it, it, like you is uh, on the ground kicking butt, I'll say. I said butt. Uh, nice. That, 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 <laughs> that was for you, Jose. Um, that that we could talk to that might uh, might be uh, uh, willing to chat with us on the show. Yeah, world shakers doesn't have to be climate related. Again, right, I right. think you get the idea of kind of what we chat about here. Um, but either someone people definitely know about or definitely don't, but um, can help people greater understand these issues and, and take some action. Oh, absolutely! I can get you a list. Uh, you know, people prophetic and uh, people who are working the system as well. Yeah, there are 
ton of people. I don't want to call it anyone because I then I would uh, undeservedly. Um, <laughs> well, then you leave people out. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can give you a list. There, are, I, I am inspired by some Perfect. Of I work with. Sure. Awesome. Oh, that's great. Yeah, awesome. we'll, we'll take it anytime you get the chance. Thanks. Sure. Um, all right. So let's summarize again what our listeners and 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 people who care about climate action in general can do to take action um, from Jose here. So Catholic or not, uh, go to uh, your website. And, and could you just give that to us one more time? We're going to make you do it again later, just to be sure. Sure. CatholicClimateCovenant.org. Okay. Read it. Learn it. Uh, take a look at all the resources. Um, if you are a participating Catholic, so not Brian, act on Thank it. Thank you. T- take it to your parish. And you can also, sorry, you can, uh, individuals can also sign the Catholic Climate Declaration as well. We opened it up to them too. So feel free oh, to sign. Awesome. awesome. Yep. That's awesome. I love that. And if you're not practicing uh, for whatever reason, take 20 minutes, go outside. Every Everyone needs to do that every day, to be clear. Find some trees. Just look at them. Yeah. Uh, think about it. Think about who in your life, everybody knows a Catholic, that you could help with this project and think about ways to meet them where they are and uh, ways to listen to them, um, which is <laughs> rare, and have a substantive conversation with them that benefits them and their values and how they might be different from yours. But again, the goal is action. And then uh, follow up with that person and, and say say things, this is going to sound crazy, but things like, how can I help? Um, and know right. that it's not not your place a lot of times. Sometimes it's just get out of the way or get them off and running if they don't listen to uh, the heretics on this podcast. <laughs> but, uh, but, but whatever you can do. And if they want you to be more engaged, great. Don't take it personally, but, but do, do something to get this started. Does that, uh, that summarize pretty well? That sounds great. Um, and we are all here together as people of goodwill. And, and Pope Francis uh, addressed Laudato Si to all people, not just Catholics. So right. Right. feel free to step into that. Awesome. Love that. Um, all right, Jose, we have a last uh, a little group of questions here that we'd like to uh, pose to everyone. A uh, bit of a lightning round. I call it a lightning round, and Brian tells me it's not a lightning round. It 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 starts to be a lightning round after the first question. Or I don't have a bell, though, in front of me. Do I need to you know, Oh, we'll take, no, we'll take care of the bell. Brian just makes <laughs> bell noises. It's totally fine. It's very strange. He has roommates. It's confusing. Um, hey, Jose, when was the first time in your life where you realized you had the power of change or the power to do something meaningful? Wow. Uh, goodness. Um, no one's going to, no one's going to judge you on this or hold your memories against you. Just what's the first thing that comes to mind when I, well, when I asked that came to mind was, sorry, I'm going to get all wonky here, but I was working for the EPA and, uh, the fourth IPCC fourth assessment report came out mm-hmm. uh, amongst us and a bunch of tribal leaders. And we were all just stunned. Just yeah. Absolute silence. What year was that? It was 2007. Sure. And then I said, this is where I have to be. That's awesome. Wow. I, I think there are a lot of people that reacted that way, both in the holy shit and also I, I need to personally do something about this. I think we're pretty thankful that you're, that you're one of them. Jose, who is someone in your life that's positively impacted your work in the past six months? I would say my former colleague at uh, the Friends Committee on National Legislation, Emily Wurzba. Okay who has stepped into, and probably someone you should interview, who has stepped into the role of, of broadening out uh, bipartisan solutions on climate change. Uh, a young leader stepping into a space where there are a whole bunch of you know, very experienced lobbyists, and she's doing so 
and leading with a lot of courage. I love that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So on the other hand, Jose, you're a human being, as far as I can tell, a fabulous one. What do you do when you feel overwhelmed by all of this? Specifically, some people are like, I go for a walk. Some people take naps. Some people play video games. Some people hang with their kids. Yeah. Do you have a go-to that helps? Specifically, and I know it sound, it may sound really trite, but I pray. And Not I pray trite. often. Uh, and I have, uh, and the the quantity and quality of prayer has increased a lot. Because <laughs> <laughs> you sound I mean, like my uh, cardiologist, who's like, "Boy, I'm busy." <laughs> but uh, I mean, where are you going to find the outlet? I mean, yeah, you can distract yourself with video games, or or, and you can take a walk and and gain strength from that. Absolutely. Um, but you know, seeking and and appealing to a higher power that is above and beyond and incomprehensible is that quote-unquote safety valve that is the the mother of all safety valves um, and a source of incredible consolation, um, ultimate consolation for, for me. Awesome. Excellent. Hey, Jose, how do you consume the news? Sparsely. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good answer. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, you I, I was once talking to a friend of mine, and if you just scroll, and you know, I'm just going to do this exercise here. You just scroll oh, Washington Post, right? And I'm doing this right now. Farmers, trade war without evidence. Yeah. Russians. Yeah. Um, just, you know, the, the, the words that they use on, yeah. it's poisonous. Yeah. Deadly. Sinkholes. Survivors. Explosion. Right. Target. It's just horrible. So you, you just inappropriate for the times right now, but at the same time, uh, it's yeah, harsh. you can't you can't consume that twenty four seven. It's just it's psycho psychically and spiritually, and it just it's poisonous. So keep it to a minimum, and Agreed. and then keep it to actions that you think you can respond to. Um, sure. Easily. So uh, there's a newsletter you can subscribe to that comes out every Friday that just curates the news you need to read. It's perfect. Oh, uh, so well thought out. Uh, all right, Brian, give him your favorite question. Favorite question. If you, Jose, could Amazon Prime one book to Donald Trump, what would that book be? Mm -hmm. It can be anything. We've gone from children's books to uh, scientific journals, uh, you name it. We've had it all. Well, uh, so Pope Francis already handed him a copy of Laudato Si. Did. Strong move. Yes. Um, I would recommend Thomas A. Kempis's The Imitation of Christ. All right. Excellent. Awesome. Uh, last question, which sometimes we don't get to, but I'd really love to hear your quick perspective on this, though I think you've done a great job of it so far. How would you like to use uh, this platform, this podcast, our listeners, many of whom uh, might not be in a parish every week, to meet them in the middle? How would you like to speak a little truth to power right now to them? To welcome a dialogue, to welcome fellowship, to recognize that we are all sinners um, and that I welcome a dialogue with you and I have faults, as we all do, um, and just to step into this conversation uh, with an understanding and of love and then we're all in this together. Awesome. That is, that is beautiful. Uh, we love it. Yes, it is. And so important. Uh. Um, last question. Where can our listeners follow you online, Jose? Uh, I don't do online. Oh, God, that's another amazing answer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so the spiritual, well, I, so there was an incredible Orthodox, uh, Greek Orthodox um, leader at Ladalto Si 
conference, and one of his themes was communication is not the same as communion. Yeah. A millions and millions of ways to communicate now with social media and all of this. But if you are not communing with someone on a fundamental on a fundamental level, and preferably doing that in nature, sure, that's encounter. That's real encounter. Sure, I love that. But you do have um, the places where you work, and they are on the World Wide Web. What are those uh, addresses? One more time. Uh, CatholicClimateCovenant.org. Awesome. at catholicenergies.org. Awesome. Um, we will put all of that in the show notes so that people can, the nerds, the hyper nerds out there can really dig in and find that stuff. And Jose, thank you so much uh, for your time today, uh, for being flexible, for getting this done, and for all that you're, you do and continue doing and you were sparked by and, uh, and, and will hopefully keep pushing us over the line here so we can try to cool this place down a little bit. Uh, just a little bit well likewise uh, um thank you for the work that you do um we're all we are indeed all in it together and your mission is just as critical as ours so thank awesome. you awesome thanks quinn all thanks, right we'll Brian. talk to you, you soon guys thank you very right, much Jose. Right. appreciate right. it bye bye thanks to our incredible guest today and thanks to all of you for tuning in we hope this episode has made your commute or awesome workout or dishwashing or fucking dog walking late at night that much more pleasant. As a reminder, please subscribe to our free email newsletter at importantnotimportant.com. It is all the news most vital to our survival as a species. And you can follow us all over the internet. You can find us on Twitter at importantnotimp. Just so weird. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Important Not Important, Pinterest and Tumblr, the same thing. So check us out, follow us, share us, like us, you know the deal. And please subscribe to our show wherever you listen to things like this. And if you're really fucking awesome, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Keep the lights on. Thanks. Please. <laughs> and you can find the show notes from today right in your little podcast player and at our website, importantnotimportant.com. Thanks to the very awesome Tim Blaine for our jamming music, to all of you for listening, and finally, most importantly, to our moms for making us. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thanks.